Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast audio edition. I know you can't see Tommy waving. You can't see me doing weird faces uh, on YouTube either. But uh, thanks for that little. Uh, dance I don't know why I did, did that. Tommy. that literally, it's not going to be. I'm the only one that will ever see that. It was that, just for so you. Fine. Thank you so much, Tommy. Well, today we are going to do uh, a little audio podcast around the breaking news that Alfa Romeo have finally filled the rem- the last remaining slot on the F1 grid and confirmed Guan Yu Zhou replacing Giovinazzi. So we're just going to talk about it, I guess. First initial reactions is not shocked at all after the many months of discussions about it. Giovinazzi, I think maybe there was one talking point where there, there was like Antonio was seeking the government's help to keep his seat or something, or like financial help from the, his like the Italian government or something. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, actually I, see I, that. I, I don't know if it was fake news, but I saw something around or something. Yeah, he was seeking money from somewhere anyway. Um, but uh, apart from that, he was never really in the running. And uh, Joe. Joe takes the seat. First thoughts, Tommy. First thoughts, not final. Do you like first that? First thoughts. That's so funny. You just read my mind. So I nearly put first thoughts in the sheet and then was against <laughs> it, but you just went, went with it anyway. My first thoughts is, um, I think it's a good move. Um, I'm not against it. We'll go into a lot of people seem to be really against it. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as some people seem to be saying. And We'll go into the reasons why, but yeah, I think it's a, a decent move for Alfa Romeo, and obviously, it's going to be partnering alongside Bottas, who's a, an experienced driver. And I think maybe you know we've we've maybe um, roasted him a little bit with his racecraft sometimes and stuff, but I think he's a very quick driver, and I don't necessarily think he's deserving of a top seat at Mercedes, but definitely is a very quick driver. And I think we'll see some good drives from Bottas. So it makes sense to have maybe some new blood alongside him. So you've got, you know, experience and a rookie, yeah. unlike some well at Haas, which put in two rookies, which is always going to be a bit of a disaster. So can't blame him for doing it. Very true. Maybe, um, Maybe Bottas can learn a few things from Joe into how to defend, uh, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's an exchange of information to be made here. Um, first question comes from Team WTF1 member The Mad Panda. For how long was that Giovinazzi video ready to be released? Of course, we have released a YouTube video uh, around why Alfa Romeo didn't keep Antonio Giovinazzi, and uh, it came out pretty much as the news was released, maybe half an hour later. Uh, it was, it's was. it been in the drafts for a couple of months, to be honest with you, because the amount of discussions, as I just mentioned, it always seemed as though Joe was the favourite. And then this whole Andretti news came along, and I was like, oh, God, this video is never going out because Andretti <laughs> are taking over. Is it going to be Colton Herter coming into Formula One? And then it all kind of, all those r- rumours just kind of rescinded, and then it was back to Joe again. So, yeah, that video has been around for a while, and I'm glad yeah. I could press go live. Yeah, that was the only thing, wasn't it? That I think I, I try. I can't actually. I don't know a time frame because this season has just flown by. But Guan Yu Zhou, we've known for a long time, is ninety nine percent going to be the driver. But then it it that whole Andretti thing really threw a proper curveball in. Yeah. Um, but as soon as that died down, it seemed then just the inevitability of waiting for the the Joe announcement again. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that video is live. If you want to go check that out on YouTube, another question at underscore you, Ryan, is it a fair enough swap sporting wise? Do not factor the financial side. Um, yeah. I mean, I am, I'm a little bit sad to see Antonio go. I'm sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pine over him every single time I go to sleep, but uh, he is a nice guy and he did have 
a couple of really good performances uh, in qualifying at least, uh, which kind of thrust him into the limelight around sort of Zanvoort, Monza area. I think he also got Q3 in Monaco. Um, but apart from that, it's not really like he has, and we've said this many times on the WCF1 podcast, he's never really shown up in the crazy races. He's never had like a random fourth or whatever that like a lot of drivers will tend to do at least once. I mean, even Latifi managed to get uh, a haul of points in Hungary um, where he got, was it sixth in the end? Was it sixth or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was in a Williams, which is a much worse car than Alfa Romeo. And I guess those performances collectively from himself and Raikkonen have allowed Williams to most likely beat them in the championship this year, which is a bit of a travesty for Alfa Romeo, considering they do, from what it looks like on paper, have a better car than Williams. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of swapping him for Joe, Joe's obviously not set the world alight. He's been in F2 for, I think, three years now. It's not as if he's come through the ranks like a Leclerc or a Russell, and I'm not expecting him to perform that way. But at the same time, swapping him for Giovinazzi, I don't see it being like a massive downgrade or, or anything like that. I feel like it's almost like a like for like in a lot of ways that you won't really be expecting a huge amount from Joe in that first first season in. Um, but, you know, he could easily grow in Formula One. And we've seen, you know, there are drivers that sometimes aren't so great in F2, but then will do much better in F1 and vice versa. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of hold judgment as to how good Joe's going to do, but I don't think it's a star signing, but I don't think it's a terrible one either. Yeah, I have to agree. Giovinazzi, like you alluded to, we just we just don't see it from him. I've not seen that spark that you see. Even just one race, where I think when I think when you've been in Formula One, is it three years now? Three full seasons for Giovinazzi, yeah. um, and we're having the discussion of well, he got into Q three once. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> a kind of a sign that he's not really set the world alight. And there, there's quite. I've seen a few people say, oh, he's really underrated and all this. But personally, I don't see it, you know, from my side, I don't see anything special from from Giovinazzi. And essentially, you know, I think he's quite lucky to have been in Formula One for three years, to be honest. And I know that there's this whole pay driver uh, around Guan Yu Zhou, but um, Giovinazzi... I think is extremely lucky in a in a sport where people do take money that he's not lost that seat a lot earlier because he's not really you, you kind of mentioned it in that uh, the video you did that while Kimi Raikkonen is a world champion he's in the tail end of his career got absolutely you know obliterated by Sebastian Vettel when they were teammates um so it sounds mad that like Giovinazzi had to beat Kimi Raikkonen and a world champion quite convincingly, but that is the case. And that's what we have seen, you know, from, from top drivers, you know, like Charles Leclerc going in against Vettel in a Ferrari and he beat him. So um, I've not seen that from Giovinazzi. And then as for, as for Guan Yu Zhou, yeah, he's not the worst driver in the world. And I think he's actually a little bit un, not underrated, but, I went and looked and he's second in the FT championship. Now think of just because he's got this paid driver tag on him and about 90% of the questions were, Oh, pay driver. Is this like, is the sport dead because they've got a pay driver one. That's always been the case. And two, you take 30 million, like his 30 million pound that he supposedly got out the equation, maybe even, uh, without being like, oh, British bias, changes nationality. 
to like European or British, there's probably a lot of people that would be like, oh, he's second in F2. He deserves to, you know, he's done all right. He deserves to be in there. And yeah, he's not set the world alight like a Charles Leclerc or a Stappen or a Norris or a Russell, but second in the F2 title, which is the top feeder series, is pretty good going. So he can't be that bad. And it, I'm just happy that, you know, we've got a new driver in. It's nice to see a, a new nationality and like part of the world representative because it is a world championship. You want to see drivers from all over the world taking part. And personally, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he does. And he's the very first Chinese driver ever in Formula One. Which is which massive, is, which is a huge thing. And I can't believe that's here. That's actually, you know, considering how many people they have in China, it's crazy to think that's the first time anyone's ever been from China and in the Formula One World Championship. So yeah, there's going to be there's going to be an interesting, I guess, as well, from a fan perspective, it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of transcends a lot of China into, into watching Formula One as well. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, when you have that uh, sportsman, don't you, from a, a sport that's not represented before, it can completely yeah. change. <laughs> Harry Anto comes to mind when uh, he ended up winning <laughs> driver of the day because... Uh, so many Indonesians got into like Formula One and stuff because because he was there. There's actually quite a you know, we've not seen much of like Joe's story. I guess not really been covered much, but you know there was that wholesome picture where he's there at the Chinese Grand Prix as a kid with a Fernando Alonso flag, and <laughs> yeah, that's quite cool that he's that that Formula One went to China. He saw it. He's passionate about. Clearly loves motorsport. Uh, and has got into to Formula One that way. So I think that's quite cool. Absolutely. So uh, we will see how he gets on next year. But I think, you know, it's not it's not the worst deal signing ever. Um, and, no. you know, we need to give it a chance. Let's see how he matches up uh, against Bottas in the first few few races. But I guess also what will play into his hands is the fact it's brand new technical regulations. It's not as if Bottas has got, you know, huge amounts. Of, well, he won't have had much experience at all with 18-inch rims, etc. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to be changing in Formula One. And it's a great time. Uh, for rookies to get involved because it's very much a clean slate for a lot of the drivers. Um, next question, Mosbius27, relatively new to F1. So has the influence of money been as prevalent in other eras? We currently have four pay-to-play drivers in Lance, the Latifi, Mazepin and Joe, one-fifth of the field. Now, I think it's a bit harsh to call Lance Stroll a pay driver now. I mean, he's had a pole position. He's had you know a few podiums as well. Like he's 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 shown that he can be in a midfield car and kind of belongs in Formula One. Yes, okay, his attitude sometimes stinks a little bit, but generally speaking, like Lance has, has shown that he deserves to be in Formula One and is by no means the worst pay-to-play, as you put it, driver on the grid. Of course, you do have Mazepin, who, yes, is probably the, the strongest, alongside probably Latifi in terms of um, uh, paying their way into the sport. But at the same time, you know, that is how Formula One has always been. And if anything, Formula One nowadays is much better than what it was 20, 30 years ago, where you had fat old gentleman drivers driving in Formula One. Like gen, genu, genuinely, that is what happened in Formula One. So nowadays, no, I don't think there's any problem with, you know, if teams need it, they have to go down that avenue. And, you know, we're not seeing someone five, six seconds a lap off the pace. You know, we'd have, wouldn't we? I'm sure, Tommy, you have much more history in your mind, but the 107% rule hasn't had to come in like ever for I don't know how long. Um, whereas before it did, didn't it? And that was where they weren't able to literally qualify close enough to the pole time that they could be allowed into the race. Yeah, I think this whole pay driver thing and 
growing up watching Formula One in the 90s, if you told someone, if you probably told someone in the 90s that the worst driver on the grid would be a driver that's, you know, finished second or something in the, in the Formula Two championship, they're not that bad. You know, Mazepin obviously considered by many to not be the the strongest driver to say the least on the on the grid and he's a formula two winner so he's not outrageously bad nicholas latifi finished second in the formula two championship yes he'd been there for a couple of years and was in a very good team but you're not an awful driver by finishing in the top junior category in you know finishing second over a season and like you've alluded to, yeah, the, the 90s pay drivers were on another level. And this is this is even just the 90s or the 2000s. I can think of uh, someone that comes to mind, uh, we all know of uh, Roy Nassani, but his dad actually paid on his 42nd birthday to drive a Minardi in free practice one. And he did one lap, was 13 seconds off the pace, spun in the gravel, and then didn't know how to remove his own steering wheel. So had to just sit there. And 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 it's like, if the worst driver in Formula One is winning races in Formula Two and is reasonably on the pace, back then, like you say, you literally had drivers that were didn't didn't even qualify and would could be six, seven, eight seconds slower than their teammates, even. And then, you know, if you go back to the 50s, you've had people that have been disqualified for being too slow because they've been lapped about 12 times. So consider consider it lucky, yes. Um, as as you've said here, that you know, you're a new fan, how bad is money? Nowhere near as bad. And also consider yourself lucky that. It's only the bottom teams. Of course, the bottom teams are going to take a bit of money. If anything, Alfa Romeo could have gone for two drivers like Haas uh, with a lot of money, gone for two rookies with a lot of money. Um, but instead, you know, they've gone for Bottas, who's an experienced driver, bring a decent amount of money. Expensive, though, expensive as, well. as well, yeah. So they've gone, they've gone for that. Um, it's not. Yeah, there's a couple of teams at the back of the grid, but if you think about the top teams, the top drivers are there. You know, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, th- these aren't paid drivers, Charles Leclerc, Norris, Ricardo. The best drivers are in the top teams and they can afford to it. And there'll always be a couple of teams at the back that have to pay a bit of money and look for drivers like that. But if those drivers are finishing second in the Formula 2 Championship, they are no way near as bad as some people seem to label them like they're they've literally just come out of karting and given them 300 million and gone right i'll take this drive thank you very much and then be absolutely yeah. terrible it's just and, not and, the case and don't forget as well that you know drivers literally have to gain super license points to be in formula one it's, it's not true. like any old joe can just you know uh, any old joe that really wasn't <laughs> supposed to be a pun until i said it um, yeah that uh you know not anybody can just turn up and race in formula one they have to earn their super license points in the feeder series in order to get to formula one uh that pun's still lingering in my That's head brilliant. Um, anyway next, next question <laughs> uh meg Miga Boo, both Joe and Piastri are from the Renault Academy, but both of them had to look at different teams or reserve seats for Oscar. Has the return of Alonso been quite a problem for both of them and young drivers in general? 
I'm not I'm not going to start pointing fingers that Fernando Alonso is the sole reason that drivers can't get a seat. Of course, Fernando coming back into the sport takes away one seat. Um, and yeah, let's also mention Piastri certainly deserves a Formula One seat if we're going to go by Formula Two uh, this year. You know, he's a reigning Formula Three champion doing very much similar things to what uh, Leclerc, um, you know, Russell did. Uh, so in terms of, yeah, it has made it a bit more difficult. If Alonso hadn't come back, Piastri may well have had a seat in Formula One, but that's just the circus. That's what happens. You know, some old drivers want to come back and have a go, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Piastri is 20 years old. He can have a year doing his Renault Reserve, uh, sorry, Alpine Reserve driver role, which is what has just been announced today as well. Um, and then next year, if, you know, if any of this makes sense, he will be in Formula One and he'll be 21. So it's not the end of the world for a Piastri who, to be honest, can learn a lot more this year anyway, you know, do get, get sort of more bedded into a Formula One team, do some, do some testing, do some uh, FP1s potentially. Uh, so I don't see it as the end of the world or a real big problem for the Piastris of this world. And of course, Joe has got a seat. So I wouldn't say that it's caused many problems for him. So uh, yeah, it's not, it's not bad for a young driver to bed themselves into F1 before getting the big the big seat. Yeah, Piastri does have time on his side, which is good. I guess the thing is that it's not it's not Alonso's fault. Uh, essentially, he's not if if he wants to come back and they say yes, that's on Renault and Alpine and their whole driver academy. It is slightly worrying that. Because you could also look at it that Daniel Ricciardo also denied, you know, a, a young Renault driver a seat because that was the chance. You know, they got they got rid of uh, a driver. They got rid of uh, was it Palmer? I'm trying to cast my mind back to who it would have been. So it was Hulkenberg and Palmer. Yeah, and they got rid of Palmer, and then you know maybe that's a time that you put a driver alongside Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg's got the experience, put a young put a young driver in, now's their chance. No, they went for Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo leaves, they go for Alonso. So that, that's kind of twice that they've maybe had an opportunity to put a young driver in, which again goes back to Alfa Romeo of, you almost have to say fair play to them for putting in new talent because they could easily just not do that. Um, and yeah, that, that's the thing with, with Alpine, the fact that, Joe has actually had to leave the academy just to get a seat. I wonder how long it can continue before people don't want to be in the Alpine Academy because it just is that thing where they don't promote the driver. There's never been, as far as I can remember, not really been any drivers that have been promoted to Formula One. And while not everyone can be Red Bull that has two teams, at least, you know, Ferrari have promoted Giovinazzi, Mick Schumacher, Mercedes putting Russell in. They have put drivers in there, whereas Alpine and Renault just haven't. They just simply haven't. So it is maybe a little bit concerning. And if this goes on, I think next year, if Piastri still, you know, without a seat and becomes out of question, because there's also the the worry that Piastri wins the Formula 2 championship and then you can't race in it again. So what do you do? Because that's the top series. Mm. So where does he go? Um, And then he's just forgotten about. So I think if this does go on for like two or three years, then yeah, the Alpine Academy is going to be that that academy where there's a bit of a, oh, 
I wouldn't go there. The polar opposite of Red Bull in terms of Red Bull will promote you way too early. And uh, whether you, you like it or not, you're getting into Formula One, you've got to be amazing. Alpine's the opposite of, no, actually, we'll take a 40-year-old Fernando Alonso instead, thank you. Uh, yeah. So... It's just adjusting your expectations, maybe, if you are in that Renault Academy, that it's almost a step ladder to someone else's team. And, uh, you know, of <laughs> yeah. course, I think a lot of young drivers won't turn down a slot in a, an academy like uh, Renault because, of course, they're still a big company and I'm sure that they do support them to a certain degree. But it's that getting that final step is is what's been the problem. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if Piastri doesn't get a seat at Alpine because Joe is one year. Is that correct? From what it has, I don't think it's been disclosed. I don't think it's been announced. But you'd imagine it's going to be one year because that was the whole reason for the holdup is that they want to, you know, pave a way for Piastri or uh, or Uh, um, Porcher. Porcher. Yeah, that's another Um, reason why they've sort of, I think this deal was taking so long is because they didn't, yeah, they they wanted Piastri, whereas, you know, give them a three year deal. Uh, So he has. Uh, he has been given a three-year deal, I believe. Show's been given a three-year deal. Uh, why is it such a big deal? Well, okay, you carry on with that, and I yeah. will. Uh, I just want to. Will... I just want to fact check this because yeah, uh, I know it was uh, talked about that it could be three years, and that's what was taking so long. Oh wow! I thought it was only going to be two years, and that's why it was taking so long. But okay, if it's three years, that's. Uh... That's a big old, uh, big old move. I'll let you continue with that. Let's uh, let's dive into the next question at Kalino09, which is around. I don't know how this has happened, but Nico Hulkenberg's just come into this conversation. Where will Hulkenberg land now? I don't think he was really in the contention for uh, that Formula One seat anyway. <laughs> I guess him not being at Alpha means he knows that there will be an opening at a top team in 22 where he will get the nod. So who will be the surprise retirement? I, that is an incredibly assumption, assumptive assumption. What, what's the word? Assuming uh, <laughs> statement there. I, I don't think he's going to come back to Formula One. That's my opinion. I I don't really know where this uh, Nico Hulkenberg um, uh, like hype has come from. But Frank yawning and saying that he was going to Alpha is clearly taken. People have taken that as gospel. What yeah, Frank yeah. Uh, Frank did on that podcast. Yeah, because he was testing an IndyCar, wasn't he, Nico? Yeah, which <laughs> is ever. Uh, a sign of you're not going to come back to F1. Yeah. Uh, look at he's looking at his options elsewhere. Um, so who will be the surprise retirement? And none, no, I don't what, think no. any of this is happening. I'm sorry. No, Galenio. I'm sorry. I think Hulkenberg's career, Nico Rosberg explosion, yeah. is is he's over coming. in F in F1. He's not he's not coming back. Um, yeah. I'm. Uh, I've looked in. There's no. There's no new news on how long the deal is i'm gonna blame katie here because i read she's done headings for each uh thing uh each oh, sort of section on the website sold you down the river. yeah and one of them is why is it such a big deal and i and i took it as it's a big deal as in there's a long deal Tommy, and then i read it fake news and then i read it and it's actually why is it a big deal as in why is it a big deal that there's a yeah. chinese driver in f1 um so yeah you big plonker. Because I was going to say, how is this a three-year deal? That's the <laughs> no, greatest contract so, uh, negotiation. Yeah, so because that was the rumor that he wanted a three-year deal, um, but Alpha, I thought the rumor was two years. Oh, I heard it was three. I um, thought it was two, but then they only wanted to offer him one because of Porcher coming through. Porcher, but, yeah. Who knows? But either way, it's just a rumor. So clearly, more than one rumor going around. But uh, yeah, I would imagine it's a one-year deal, personally. But let's see. Uh, I'm sure maybe you're going to take it, aren't you? Uh, you- uh, yeah, you no matter how much money, yeah, exactly. No matter how much 
money is thrown out if they're like, sorry, well, best we can do is a one year deal. You're going to take it and drive in Formula One. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, good call. And as for Hulkenberg, yes, he's not coming back. Sorry. He's not coming back. There's no not really much more to add. <laughs> yeah, he never got a podium. Come on, let's relax. Right. Tommy, final thoughts. My final thoughts is give Guan Yu Zhou a chance and don't just jump on the paid driver narrative because at the end of the day, he's doing decent in Formula 2 and he may not be the most spectacular driver in the world, but we've seen that sometimes in junior series and then they've been really good. Um, Exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Uh, and I'd much rather see some, like I say, new talent in Formula One uh, than someone that's just just there making up the numbers. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And next year, I'm, I'm glad we've finally got the the full grid because it seems like it's just been ages waiting for this alpha seat. Yeah, absolutely ages. Well, fantastic. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, my final thoughts is congratulations, Guan Yu Joe. Let's see how you do next year. So perfect. Thank you, everybody, for watching. No, not watching, listening. You weren't watching. <laughs> you were just listening, even though Tommy did a funny dance at the start. Uh, hashtag WTF1 Podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion over on Twitter. And we'll see you very soon for another podcast. Bye. Bye. I don't know why I keep doing things up, thumbs, thumbs up, up and, and stuff. And you're waving. You're waving as well. I just waving, waving to you. To me. You. Okay, thank yeah. you. Bye. Bye, I knew you'd Tommy. miss it if I didn't. I'm waving back. <laughs> Bye. Bye.